Alright, test. If you test, to, test, test! If you had to choose between a cult leader and a serial killer, which one would you do? Which would, one would I be or which one would I fuck? Uh, I'd fuck the serial killer and I'd be the cult leader. I would love to fuck a cult leader because you can get like like you don't have to do all the work of being the leader, but you get to have the secondary powers. We get to like control things from the back end. Double entendre there. Like <laughs> <laughs> you get to control things from the back end. From Jim Jones's back end. No. Jim Jones like butt sex, right? He oh, has to have. Definitely. Or monkey sex. Oh yeah, he definitely mm. He definitely had a monkey. <laughs> he almost definitely fucked the monkey. He did have a monkey. He did have a monkey, Mister Something. Mister Giblets. Mugs. No. <laughs> was it Mugs? No. Mug, DJ Mugs. I don't remember what it was. The <laughs> fuck was the monkey's name? I'm looking it up now. Mugsy. Mugsy. I think. Mugsy. <laughs> I would. I would rather be a cult leader. Johnny Chimpo. Johnny Chimpo. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I'd be a very successful cult leader. I, I don't know if I would follow you, but... I don't think anyone would follow me. I think it would be a cult just for me. And so does that make you a successful cult leader or an unsuccessful cult leader? That makes leader? me a serial killer. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would just force feed flavor aid to people. Why don't you come into my basement and I'll show you, I'll give you a little, a little bit Muggs. of my Mr. Muggs, DJ Muggs. Mr. Muggs. I said it was Muggs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, it ain't Muggs. It is Muggs. DJ Muggs. Why not? I'm I'm on record fucking a serial killer. Uh, I'm on record, I guess, wanting to be behind a a cult leader. (laughs) See, I more so meant like Emperor Palpatine shit. Just like, yes, dude. Like, like not getting your hands dirty, not being in the front. Controlling the shit. The puppet master. Yes, puppet master. You would be like L. Ron Hubbard's Pope. I just want to do like cool shit. It's like, look, you get arrested. You have the terrible Netflix documentary made after you. You know, like I think of the show. Uh, fuck, what was it called? Uh, the Master. Oh, I've never seen that show. Uh, it was about the birth of Scientology. Oh, I didn't know they made a show about that. Or movie, movie. Either. Sorry, it's oh, a movie. With the Master. Phoenix. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a great fucking movie. Walking Phoenix. Walking Phoenix. Walking Phoenix. <laughs> I'm a walking to Phoenix. Philip Seymour Hoffman. He died. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He's been dead for ages. Oh. Yeah. Well, he was great. He is no more a part of this movie. earth. And Holly Hunter. Oh. So on that note, <laughs> I'm gonna welcome you all into Cardinal Sins Entertainment presents Sinistry. We are usually, often, your weekly guide to the bizarre history, bizarrely historic, and all that other shit, but we are branching out now. Jizz. Jizz. We are not branching out to jizz. This is is going in the old direction. (laughs) 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 So, what we have discovered is we are really, people really like listening to us. But we don't give you enough to listen to. So we're branching out. We're not giving up on the history stuff. No. We're definitely <laughs> coming back to history. We have a, so many cool topics planned. But what we found is it takes us a long fucking time to put together a history episode. It, it does because it takes um, a spectacular amount of research, which, you know, you don't really understand listening to it. 
But it, there is a lot of hard work and a lot of research and a lot of everything. And unfortunately, we all have lives and children and cats and all sorts of things. And jobs. A, and jobs. I mean, I don't have any of that. And on that um, note, I, I would like to Hi. introduce our new contributor to the Cardinal Sins Network, Mr. Alex Landon. Mr. Alex, oh, that's nice. Mr. You see, I had, never got Mr. We had this whole opportunity. You John <laughs> It I doesn't work whole, with the Jewy last name. <laughs> you could have made a whole new persona. I could have been Doctor Landa. I could have been Xander now. But Hans. no, you went uh, right into Mr. Alex Landa. <laughs> you went with my fucking professional name. Come on, Doctor 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 Xander. Doctor Mister. Doctor Mister Xander. I'll have you know, my first name is actually Mister. My my parents were just like, <laughs> just just I fuck don't it. Want to name this fucking one. It's a boy. His name's it's Mister. Just, just Mister Mister. <laughs> if he ever ends up getting a sex change, this is gonna be bad. He's broken wings and learned to fly again. This is birthday. This has just gotten way out of the rails already. Immediately from the start. So. To finish our introduction, we don't bring you enough content, and we want to fix that. And one way we can do that is to talk about something else that we're super passionate about, and that's movies. I'm so excited to, like, there's, like, a phrase I want to say in this, but I don't want to give the spoilers away from the movie. Excellent. I can't (laughs) wait for anticipated phrasing. Yes. Yes. So... Without further ado, what we're going to do in in our movie episodes is give you a topic. So, for example, this this episode, we're going to give you an underrated movie that we've all seen this week. And then we're going to give you some other underrated movies that we think you need to catch up on. Mm -hmm. Because... Like I said, we love movies. We've put up an October horror movie challenge on the Facebook page, Sinistry. Uh, please play along with us. Uh, post what you've watched. We'd, we'd love to hear from you guys. Do the research for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Research yes. for us. <laughs> you could be like interns. It's great for your careers. Yeah, you, we contribute research to Sinistry. Hey, and if we ever do make money, you'll get a hearty thank you acknowledgement in the credits in oh, like three years. Absolutely, big thank you. And, and and if we ever meet you in public, um, a hearty handshake or a and fist a laurel. It'll be like a two-hand handshake where you like grab the other person's hand, like thank you. That really, thank you so much. We like that, that's really appreciate real, If you ever need a job reference for your fucking McDonald's job, like. <laughs> We got you. We have you. I will be your reference. They were th- any job you want. <laughs> Please put us down as references. <laughs> they were very. See, my bosses, uh, Doctor Xander, John, and, <laughs> and Pat. Um, I watched a movie, and that's my experience. And you know what? Fucking Kelsey over here did a great job watching this movie. <laughs> she reported back to us and told us all about it. <laughs> Well, luckily at McDonald's, that's one more skill than we needed, so perfect. <laughs> yeah, so listen, we'll be your we'll be your reference. Yes. I'm not giving you my phone number, so your prospective employer cannot call me. I will give a phone number. <laughs> okay. It'll be some phone number. It's not my phone number. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> You've offered one. What's the Hall & Oates call on? 
Oh, fuck. There is a Hall & Oates call yeah, line. This. That can be your job reference. And that's going to come back around this episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There is a lot of Oates haircuts. <laughs> a lot of Hall haircuts. So let's get into it. The main movie that we watched this week is from 1981. The underrated summer camp slasher... The Burning! Pa-pow! <laughs> so, if you've never seen The Burning, and it's a pretty good bet you never saw The Burning. Huge, huge bet. It does not refer to an STD. <laughs> it's good. It could. It could. It is <coughs> somewhere along the lines of okay. <laughs> a cat jumping on the table Not Friday the 13th and Sleepaway Camp but both of those are because when, when I described it to you when I, when I messaged you I said we're going to watch this uh, 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 crappy um, Friday the 13th rip- ripoff come on it was great we need to we need the people listening to this have to really enjoy <laughs> this quotes. oh boy the burning that won an award or something. <laughs> now, now listen. I enjoy the burning, but it is yes. it's flawed. Oh, it's as are most of the movies we're going to tell you about this episode. But they're fucking fun, and I, th- I think that's what you have to get from this is that we're not going to sit here and give you a whole ton of Oscar winners. <laughs> we're going to give you movies that are fun that you can sit back with your buddies, have a couple drinks, and have a good time watching. Yes, and that's exactly what we did last night. We, we had did. a really good time watching this shitty movie with none other. Spoiler alert. I'm just going right in head first. George Costanza. George Costanza and... George Costanza playing... For, for once, not... not. Wait, no, that's... Anyway, he's kind George of... Costanza playing a fucking greaser. Like, for oh, some reason, it becomes West Side God. Story. He is definitely a jet. He's probably killed a man before Seinfeld happened. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I look at George Costanza, I think, George without hair seems like, like a nice guy you'd probably laugh at, but you'd be his friend. Jason Alexander with hair has definitely killed someone. He's got some mop on him, too. And he has lovely hair. And, spoiler alert, some set of balls. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and, by, and by balls, I do not mean nerve. I mean actual Jason Alexander nutsack. Nutsack. Honestly, like, I, I don't want to go out and say this is the reason you should watch the movie. But you should probably watch it for George Costanza's balls and ass crack. 100%. I will say, and I've described it to people, you should watch this movie because Jason Alexander's testicles are visible. (laughs) For a split second. Split second. But you can catch it by pausing it. Oh, yeah. You can definitely. Evergreen balls right there. Analysis. Yeah, Yeah, you can definitely catch it with a good, well-timed pause. And I'm not saying that we paused it and analyzed. (laughs) But... But we paused it and analyzed. We got an actual pointer and paused it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the scene in question, well, there's two scenes. There's one where he's, like, on the on the port and you, he's kind of, like, weird crouching there. Mm-hmm. But then there's one where he actually pulls his pants down next to three other guys, which, you know, is just as weird as it sounds. I felt like we were investigating the Zaprooter footage. <laughs> we, we were. 
<laughs> like, we were just trying to find the, 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 the magic ball. The magic yes. testing. Yo, that was like a full government presentation, just like, <laughs> according to our research, at these exact coordinates is George Rostanza's testicle, and we have reason to believe this might be a terrorist attack, but, you know, right now, we're just gonna say that's George's balls. Where is the second nut? <laughs> you just gotta believe in it somewhere there. It's there. There's a lot of butts in that movie, too. There a, lot a lot of butts. butts. A lot of butts. There's a lot of boobs. There's a lot of nakedness. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's so, a straight-up bush more than once. Yeah. So let, let's but, give you some of the, the interesting details before we really go into the story of the movie. So... Before the, we psychoanalyze yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> the, the effects and makeup of the burning are done by Tom Savini. None other than the legendary. The legendary Tom Savini, who... Mm. That was one of my biggest gripes with it. Some of it is not his best work. Yeah, it seemed like Harvey Weinstein got him at a budget rate. Like, did Tom Savini needed some money for that? <laughs> oh yeah, we 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 should definitely add that this oh, is an yeah. early oh, Miramax yeah. film, so it's the Weinstein brothers. It's also co-written by Harvey Weinstein. None other. It's one of those movies, like, in hindsight, you know, if you watched it when it first came out, you'd think, like, okay, it's this guy, Harvey Weinstein, but now that it's 2019, you're watching it, it's like, yep, 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 Harvey wrote this, definitely Harvey wrote this. Like, six years ago, if you watched this movie, you're just like, oh, it's kind of 80s male-female relationships. (laughs) If you watch it now, it's, oh, those are Harvey Weinstein male-female relationships. (laughs) Everything is almost rape. Oh, hey, hey, baby, you want a job? Come in the little swimming hole with me. I'll get you a job in my garage. I got a, the secretarial position to get you in there. Work on the motorcycles so I got to come in and sit in my face. That's it. So we have Tom Savini, Harvey Weinstein. We have a score by Rick Wakeman. Is he in the cars? He's in Yes. Oh, fuck. How did I not know that? He is in. Oh yes. no, I'm thinking of Rick Ocasek. You are thinking of the late oh, Rick Ocasek. The prog rock guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I fucked that up. And, and in addition to Jason Alexander, we have Holly Hunter, who. I couldn't find her. I can't find in that movie. I know she's in it. She's in the cast. Yeah. It's on her well, she, she was one of the kids. She's definitely so, yeah. one of the she's kids. She's Sophie, quote unquote. Yeah, but she, I don't know. She was one of the Sophie kids is. on the raft that was, uh, spoilers, killed. Was she on the raft? Yeah. She's one of them, I think. She might have been. Little, little she, I don't blonde think she survives. One. I don't think many people survived in that one. No. We mentioned Jason Alexander, and also Fisher Stevens, who's... Who is that? He's been in a lot of stuff. He's Woodstock in that movie. He's <laughs> Oh, Dollar Store Will Byers? Yeah, he, <laughs> he's, he's the overly libidoed 14-year-old. Oh! And I say overly libidoed like... It, it's not something that's in the movie, but it's definitely in the fucking movie. It's referred to every time Woodstock is in the movie. That he is obsessed with sex. That he needs Hustler because Playboy is too tame for him. Yo, that movie is just like... Going back to it, it is very clearly written by Harvey Weinstein. Very clearly. Yeah. And every actor, including Jason Alexander thinks that, as you said, it's a production of West Side Story. And they've all got these, like, really, really fake Bronx accents. They're terrible. Like, if I ever catch you spying on my girlfriend in the shower again, I'll punch you till the pizza dough comes out <laughs> of your nose hair. 
And, and hey, my cousin, and he'll take that pizza dough. He'll make you a good pizza. He'll cut you a slice. But it's gonna be the, it's gonna be the cat on the table. It's gonna be that terrible slice with like the weird dry bubble on top. You're gonna get it because your family. You, I hate you, but your family, and you're gonna get the shitty piece of pizza as punishment for your sins. The big old dry bubble right in your face is gonna blow up. You're gonna get nothing but little warm air. It's a terrible slice. No one wants that slice. <laughs> so. The burning opens at Camp Blackfoot, which is, as I wrote this as I was watching it, the poor man's Camp Crystal Lake. It really is. It, it, it's like, it's, it's the camp for, for the poor kids in the neighborhood who couldn't go to Crystal Lake, so they sent him to this place, which has no plumbing or electricity <laughs> or really anything. Or any privacy or any safety. A- a- anything. But what it does have is a healthy dose of... Of young boy prankness. Mm-hmm. There's and there's a lot of alpha. Well, yeah. a lot of beta that don't realize they're beta. Yeah. So, the Camp Blackfoot campers have decided to pull the greatest fucking prank on the groundskeeper, Cropsy. Who's real? Yeah, Cropsy's a real fucking legend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't notice that when we watched it for the first time. But watching it last night, we were like, oh shit, it's Cropsy. He's real. There's a documentary on Netflix that I yeah. watched a long yeah. time ago. It's historical nonfiction. <laughs> yes. The Burning is definitely, definitely a docudrama. It's a very serious film starring Jason Alexander's testicles. Yes. If you take anything out of this episode, is that if you watch The Burning, you will see Jason Alexander's yeah. balls. And a whole bunch of man butt. And yeah, a whole a, lot. Bunch, a whole bunch of man butt. And 80s boobs. And 80s. 80s boobs. It's amazing how much different like boobs and asses are 30 years later. Yeah. It's like a whole generation different. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Anyway, Cropsy, historical so, nonfiction. So, <coughs> poor Cropsy is just sleeping, in the, and these fucking asshole campers decide they're going to prank Cropsy, and for some reason, their prank is to put a fucking burning skull in his room. With worms. With worms, yeah. With worms. And... Really not surprisingly, it scares the shit out of Cropsy, catches his cabin on fire, and catches Cropsy on fire. And now, I was a kid in 1981, and I definitely remember fire safety education and them saying, stop, drop, and roll. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. Cropsy did not learn that. He didn't stop, he didn't drop, and by the time he started rolling, he was pretty pretty much charred. By the time he started rolling, he was fried. But he lives! Cropsy survives this brutal prank. And he's in a hospital for five fucking years. <laughs> Cropsy, uh, say, what, say what I will about the cheapness and the, and the rundownness of Camp Blackfoot, but they had a hell of a healthcare plan. Because <laughs> Cropsy can stay in this hospital for five fucking years. That's gotta be a... They dropped... He must have been the best fucking counselor ever. It's like, we will pay for you for five years. Millions of dollars because these little... Powerful union. He wasn't even a counselor. He was the groundskeeper. The best goddamn groundskeeper (laughs) that not Crystal Lake has ever seen. He he was a landscaper that found a giant fucking fish head. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing those inside jokes. (laughs) Chupacabra fish. So... In his five years in the hospital, though, Cropsy becomes something else. Aside from eventually 
a deranged killer, he becomes a hospital freak show. Mm-hmm. And the nurses and the orderlies in this hospital are dragging people in to see the fucking freak. Including the doctor. The new doctor. Yeah, they drag the new doctor in. Like, this is the most fucked up shit you're ever gonna see. Come look at this. Well, I don't want to. It just started five minutes ago. Sure, I'm a proctologist. You have no idea what I've been in. <laughs> Dude, but I look lo- at this look burn, at dude. <laughs> but come on, no, no, come on, look at the burn, dude. And yeah, uh, Cropsy's fucked up. And I guess that five years later, with you know the skin grafts and all the other surgeries not taking, I guess the HMO finally ran out and they kicked him out. <laughs> he get, he gets turfed, and you know he's still horrifically burned and horribly disfigured. And but Cropsy out of the hospital after five years. Five years free, he does what any newly freed man would do. He goes and gets a hooker. <laughs> if but I was in the hospital for two weeks, I would go to hooker. If I was in the hospital for five minutes, I would come <laughs> and get a hooker. And some coke. As your lady just, just kind of like, yeah, yeah, he'd probably do that. No, she knows. A sick fat rail right <laughs> on the fucking... So you're still in the wheelchair. Right on the arm of the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Rock and roll! <laughs> All right! So, but Cropsy, Cropsy has interesting predilections with hookers. Um, he doesn't. He won't take his hat off, which, you know, is not necessarily weird. What's weird is that he decides he's not going to fuck the hooker, he's going to kill her. Mm-hmm. And he kills the hooker. Stabs her directly in the pancreas. Yep. And then for some reason that I don't understand, that you may not pick up it the first time you watch this movie because I didn't, he goes back to camp. But not to Camp Blackfoot. He's going to get revenge on a different camp. Holy shit, really? Yeah, he goes to Camp Stonewater. Really? Yeah. They mention it later on that it's like Cropsy's camp was on the other side of the lake or some shit. But he doesn't go to that camp. He goes to Camp Stonewater. Oh, my God. It's so oh, man, fuck camps. Production. <laughs> so, what? Look, the first camp probably got sued to hell and doesn't... <laughs> Like five years, five years of keeping this fucking burn charred humanoid groundskeeper groundskeeper humanoid is just like that ain't cheap. Groundskeeper, will it? <laughs> so, in, in typical '80s slasher fashion, Cropsy sneaks around, and there's you know the the stalking camera angles, yeah. and, and they you know building the tension that Cropsy's gonna strike. He might get Tiger when she chases the ball into the woods. And then nothing happens but he for does. an hour and a half. And yeah, and then nothing happens. But they set up a fall guy in that time. Poor Alfred. There's nothing poor about Alfred. <laughs> Alfred he was a sexual predator. Uh, Alfred, oh, definitely. Alfred, Alfred's a, Alfred's a, a little rapist. creepy. Alfred did go on to be even creepier in another movie. What movie was he in? Alfred was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He's Ratner in, in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, I, I... If, if you, when you, if you ever see Fast Times at Ridgemont High, you're gonna say, oh, that guy's really fucking creepy. That's Alfred. He's been fucking profiled. He's a character actor. Yeah, he's a, he's a creepy character actor for 80s, 80s movies. I, I feel like I'd rather just not be an actor at that point. Like, 
that's just not a good fate. Uh, keep getting paid, Alfred. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Keep getting paid. <laughs> so Alfred sneaks around the girl's showers, but he, you know, like 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 Harvey Weinstein, he's just trying <laughs> to scare them. He's not actually doing anything sexual or creepy. I just want to scare him. I just want it's to not, scare him. It's not rape if I don't penetrate you or even touch you. Yeah. It's just a little weird. That's okay. about this. So, a- as we progress, there's a whole lot of bullying Alfred, who's the creep, and he probably deserves some of the bullying. There's a whole lot Oh, I would of- beat him up. Oh, I would definitely Like, I was the him. nerd that was picked on, but I would still beat him up. I'd rather beat up the greaser dude. The- what was his name? Which one? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Elwes. Carrie Elwes? Yeah, wasn't he in that movie? No. It was the big weasel guy. If you ever spy him, a girl from the shower again, I'll oh, take yeah. an engine block. Yeah. We'll shove him right up your nose canal. Yeah, I, the engine block. I mean, you know he's there. Uh, up your nose. It's like his first acting gig off a high school musical. It's his only like, acting Dude, no one told him it was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, yo, that weird little rapey dude is like spying your girlfriend. All right. Gonna go fuck him up and hey, just, just. My hey. acting voice. I'm an actor now. Hey, that, that's your girlfriend. He's looking at in the shower. Yeah, it is. This, this guy's not acting. He really thought that was his girlfriend. I don't think my girlfriend over there with the weird nipples. There, there's a whole bunch of uncomfortable Harvey Weinstein penned yeah. uh, flirtation scenes that are really, really not flirtation. They're just rapey. Yeah, they're they're at, at best like coercion into sex. <laughs> conversations <laughs> someone gets offered a job for a sexual favor yeah there's a whole bunch of like <laughs> my uncle's know. garage you, 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 you know you touch my rod a little bit you get a job hey you let me look into your brown eye i'll let you look into my blue eyes because i'm an optometrist <laughs> i have a degree and you can be my receptionist the interview is you can check out my stick shift and if it works and there you go <laughs> <laughs> so Somehow during all of this, Alfred falls in with the cool kids, who are now <laughs> Jason Alexander, J- Jason Alexander, and a guy named fucking Woodstock. Jason Alexander is so ham in this movie too. Oh, oh it is like absurd. It's like, hey, oh, I need to talk in every scene I'm in. I need to do a poor impression of you. I need to do a poor impression of you. That's you. I'm Jason Alexander. I'm gonna be a loser in ten years. <laughs> and at no point in this movie is it at all clear that this is anywhere near New York City. Everybody has the accent, but it's not at all relevant to the movie. It's vocational school summer camp. Yeah, yeah. It's it's for the grease monkeys to go up and learn. They're... they're I work in a shop. I should know these terms. Like, the parents can't afford to send them to, like, a good summer camp, like, on the bay. It's just like, look, there's this little fucking nowhere camp in upstate New York that a lot of people are murdered in, but it's what we can afford. And you're gonna get a good life lesson out of it if you survive. Geraldo Rivera actually did an expose there. Oh. I thought that joke was gonna land a lot <laughs> smoother than an expose. <laughs> did he find nothing? Oh, yeah, the little bottle rolled out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you found my bottle. There it is. I was looking all over. It was spying on my girlfriend. And the shower, I'm gonna break it and stick it up to the kid Alfred's ass. <laughs> There's a lot of that accent. Yeah, there's a lot of that accent that I can't do. (laughs) So so the the cool older kids are now off on a three-day rafting adventure. 
Well, they, they took a few of the little kids with them, too, for some reason. Yeah, it was clearly stated that it was the older kids, and then they took some of the then little the kids. Then the 13-year-old that smokes went there. Yeah. With the dick haircut. Yeah. Tiger. <laughs> Tiger. Yes. Tiger. Who is 13 and smokes. Yeah. Dude, it's the 80s. Every, that was, like, pretty yeah, old. 19, yeah, 1981, you came out of the womb smoking. <laughs> Dude, a, a, look, he, he's already fixing <laughs> cars at that point. He's smoking. So, <coughs> what we learn early on in, the, in this rafting expedition is that Cropsy is a campfire story now. And, and they're telling him as he's a drunken asshole who got what he deserved. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, but Cropsy didn't deserve that. I sympathize with Cropsy. Are we Cropsy... spoiling the movie? Are we giving the end of it? No, we're not. Okay, gonna, we're right. going to stop. It, yeah, it's end. important. We're going to stop before that my end. joke is done. I, I mean, let, let's be real here. Like the entire movie can be summed up like. It's Friday the 13th, except lower budget and Jason Alexander's balls. Yeah. You can imagine the yeah. rest. Boom! Tagline! Done! <laughs> Cardinal Sin's review! <laughs> Friday the 13th with Jason Alexander's nuts. So, but somehow Cropsy's gotten this reputation as a mean drunk asshole. Which, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. Cropsy is the protagonist of this movie. Cropsy is the fucking hero. He's the hero. He's the only sympathetic fucking person in the whole fucking movie. I mean, let's be real. All those kids, like, I want to beat up everyone, except Jason Alexander. The rest of them. No, I want to beat up Jason Alexander. (laughs) Yeah, 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 kind of. He's he's so fucking hammy in that movie. (laughs) I mean, you're just going to take that hair piece right off him. So, they're a day out into into this lake. And somehow, Cropsy has followed them without a boat. He can fly. And now the killing begins. Dun, dun, dun. And Cropsy, Cropsy goes beyond, like, the stalk and kill. Like, he's not Jason Voorhees after the first kill. He goes right from the one, like, that he hunted down to killing a whole <laughs> fucking raft of kids. He, all at once. All at once. In seconds, he's killed a whole raft of kids. Yeah, it just starts and then stops. And then Will Byers is dead and the Upside Down is never solved. Also, we need to discuss his weapon. Oh, His fucking weapon of choice. When you think slasher, you think, like, machete at works, claw hands, chainsaw. This dude went back to his burned-down cabin and said, which one of these isn't rusty? (laughs) Shit! Like Harvey Weinstein's like, shit, we forgot to get him a weapon. Jason Alexander chimes in, don't worry, guys. My accent is much better than yours. Don't worry, guys, my cousin's down the street. He's got a shed. Pick one of them out. It's going to be great. I know a guy. So his, his, I know a guy who's got some sharp things. Some of them legal, some of them not. And, and Larry David in the shed. And, and the weapon of choice is garden shears. Which he, like, he doesn't even, like, take them apart and use it as, like, a sword or anything. He just literally chops people's heads off of them. I'm, I'm kind of okay with that choice. I, I kind of like that. It's inventive. It's... It's, it's, like, it's realistic. <laughs> Cropsy... It's Harvey Weinstein realistic. Cropsy is a man who was dealt a shit hand in life who learned how to overcome the crap he was dealt. 
He played the... He, Cropsy got crafty. Yeah, he played the shittiest hand... God damn it. ...into a winner. Into a winner. Yeah. I mean, he... You know, he set out on a mission to kill these kids, and he did it. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lot more than a lot of us can say, because a lot of us don't go out there and actually follow up on our dreams. Uh, that's and we can, we can really say this, that, you know, John, you're onto something. He was dealt a shit hand, and instead of letting it own him, he went out, he killed a hooker. We don't know what he did after that. Maybe, maybe he did follow through, and then he killed a bunch of kids. And you know what? I hadn't followed through in all of my dreams. But he did. No, no, I, I'm kind of taking the Mitch Hedberg approach to following my dreams. I'm asking them where they're going, and I will meet them there. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, all you wonderful listeners will help us reach those dreams. <laughs> and you can make us Cropsy. Please, I want to be Cropsy. Light me on fire, because I cannot take this anymore. <laughs> this is a cry for help. I'm, I can't do this. Please light us on fire. God almighty. Please please put a flaming skull with words in it next to my bed. Please. (laughs) Just tap on my window. (laughs) This is not a subliminal message. Please, just like, just just do it. (laughs) (laughs) This fucking podcast came from a movie review to a suicide note. Hey, it's a request for homicide. It's not suicide. So, I'm going to put Sarah McLaughlin on. <laughs> the arms of the angel. It's assisted homicide. Yeah, if there is any wannabe Jack Kevorkian in our audience. <laughs> You're please. welcome ahead of time. Facebook, Sinistry, find us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Please. Please. Oh, my God. So. Back to the movie. I'm not going to go too much further, because to go too much further really starts to get in way deep into spoilers. Yes. And I don't want to spoil this for you. I want you to have as much fun watching this as we did. So that's the burning. It it's it really is not a good movie. <laughs> it's, it's not. But, because, it, it, like we said, it's budget and Savini work. It's shoddily directed. The acting is, like, all... <laughs> there isn't. Very, yeah, it's very, like... Just do what you gotta do, eh? Oh, I, but what we described, it, it does make it really fucking fun and really funny. It's not, it's like a mystery science theater that you can watch with your friends, just like yeah. you said, have a couple beers and just laugh. And of course, just the fact that Jason Alexander is in it, just taking out his fucking testicle that pops out. <laughs> It, it just makes it so much better. And in 2019, after Weinstein did all his grimy shit, was exposed. You know, it really is a fun movie, and I definitely recommend it if you're into that kind of thing. If you're into good movies, stay no. the hell away from it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we're not giving you the English patient here. <laughs> we're not giving you Oscar winners. We're, we're... My jaw is perfectly where it is. That was Roger Ebert. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him too. Yeah. His fucked up jaw. I hate you. And his self-righteous reviews of bad movies. Yeah, he bombs a lot. Oh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. With him, him and Siskel saying shame after every everybody Who's who worked on it. Who's seen Silent Night, Deadly Night too? Garbage day. Garbage day. Okay, that's a movie you need to you oh, need yeah. to watch. I, I think I think in yeah, the future that, we're going to do a, a, a Christmas movie episode. Sure. Oh, I'm 
bring me back for that. For one, sure, yeah, 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 definitely. But Pat, to your point, like, not every movie has to be a philosophical dive. I can't psychoanalyze this movie if I tried. The burning, I can't psycho, I can't connect it to history, mythology, or anything. But like a lot of stupid cartoons, you just want to turn something tune your brain off for a bit. You don't watch Family Guy to have a deep philosophical meaning after it. Some assholes will do that, but realistically, you just want to go hear Baby with an English accent talk about murdering people. Mm-hmm. And that's what this movie is. It's an hour and a half to turn your brain off and see some testicles and see some weird <laughs> 80s boobs. Also, it's not just George Costanza's boobs. Or <laughs> yeah, it's not just George Costanza's boobs. He's shirt the entire time. He's he like, does. He's hairy fucking back. <laughs> wow, that was a weird Freudian slip, but uh... <laughs> You can psychoanalyze that one if you want that. Maybe I'm but thinking about George Costanza's boobs. there's a lot of boobs in that, group. too, because it is Harvey Weinstein production, and they're all weird looking. <clears throat> and it's an, it's an 80s slasher movie. You can't yeah, make one of those without yeah. boobs. Like, I, th- I think that's in the manual for making a slasher. Must have boobs. Must have blood. Must have Savini. Yeah. <laughs> must have my cousin Vinny. <laughs> so, with that said... The burning is not great. It's a little troublesome now with Harvey Weinstein. And li- listen, I, I have trouble watching Weinstein Brothers movies and Miramax movies right now because of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's fair. Definitely. But, you know, I think maybe some donations to to some organizations kind of assuage that guilt a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I can buy my guilt away sometimes. <laughs> You know, but capitalism. Yeah. Just, uh, I, I can, I can, I can pay it back. I think. <laughs> sure. It's it's complicated. It's a complicated legacy for a fun movie. Yeah, it is. It, 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 so, the cardinal sins. Determination. Uh, what? <laughs> Go see it. Right now. Well, not right now. Finish listening to us. Then go see the burn. Pause it. Get out of your car, wherever you are. Get out of your office. I don't give a shit. Just jump out of your moving car and go watch this movie. (laughs) Pull, pull off to the side. I mean, just stop. Just stop right in the middle of the highway. Yeah. Stop. All right. Yeah. Stop in the middle. The pile up behind you will understand. Stop traffic. Drag everybody over. It's definitely a movie best watched with somebody else. Yes. I wouldn't watch this like. I think all the movies that we're going to talk about are, you know, again, to your point, you have a beer with your buddy and you make fun of terrible shit for an hour and a half. The worst thing is most of the movies we will talk about, John and I have probably seen alone. <laughs> and then you just drag me into it. Okay. Yeah. And then you're forced into it. And a lot of the movies that are, that are on my coming list, we've seen together. Oh, nice. So... Ooh. With that said, let's get into that list, and Pat, I will let you start. Yeah, what are some previews? Yes, oh, the underrated. Um, the first one I would pick would be a uh, trailblazing mockumentary named Man Bites Dog. And it's got a French name, and I don't know what it is, but it, it's, it's a, a Belgian movie, if you guys can believe that, about a serial killer who is being tra- trailed by a, uh, a documentary crew. And it's fiction. This is obviously it's a fiction movie. Um, and it opens up with him, uh, Benoit, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Benoit. <laughs> and um, 
He's so not it's, so it's a dark, it's a dark mockumentary. Oh, it's it's incredibly dark. Free Bible with every purchase. The microphone closer to my lips. <laughs> is is he um going to lock his family in a house? Well, he does kill a midget. All right, close that, enough. That's the first thing in the movie is he describes. He sits on a bank of a river and he says that when you kill a midget, it's different than killing a kid. Because when you dispose of the body, you got to put more rocks on the midget because a midget is more condensed and weighs more than a child. And that's how this movie starts. <laughs> It only get better. It just goes downhill, and it's a really cool character study, and I really put it up there with uh, with uh, Henry, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Oh, I, Henry could definitely be on this list. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's it's probably, in my opinion, um, probably the best serial killer movie that's ever existed. Wow. I would I would even put it ahead of Silence of the Lambs because Hannibal Lecter is. He's been way more, um, not vilified, that's not the word I'm looking for, but he's made, like... Commodified? Y- yes, definitely, <laughs> commodified. Um, but he's become, a, like, a universal monster, like a Dracula or a Frankenstein mm-hmm. or whatever. When Benoit is very clearly a, uh, an ordinary man who kills people constantly. And, um, yeah, so Man Bites Dog is my fifth movie of my five that's on the bottom... Of, of the list of my top five. <sighs> okay, I did not put mine in one through five order, <laughs> so I'm just... I just have five. I'm going to give you five. And the first one I'm going to give you is a movie that Pat and I quested for years to find. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I might have shown you this. Which? So, my first movie is from 1987. It was released in three fucking theaters in Florida. <laughs> Miami Connection. Yes, was that the really terrible like buddy cop movie with like the No, that was oh. Hollywood Cop. Yes, yes, I love that movie. Miami Connections. <laughs> I don't think I've seen this one. So, Miami Connection is 1980s action <laughs> in every way rolled into one fucking movie. If it was in the 1980s action movie, it's in Miami Connection because YK Kim just threw everything he ever saw into a movie. Um, I don't know how this movie has not risen. Well, I do because it, it got lost and I'll get to that. But it, it never got to Terminator Rambo Die Hard level. But it's just as fun as any of those movies. Provided you don't, you know, expect Hollywood budget, script, acting... Talent. Talent. A lead who can actually speak English. (laughs) (laughs) It's all there, though. It's all there. The pieces are there to make a true classic. It it, it truly is incredible. Like The Last Action Hero, which is like a perfect action movie. (laughs) So... Miami Connection is the story of the synth band, the synth rock band, Dragon Sound, whose members also happen to be Taekwondo experts. Like and, every band is. And, and believe me, they will sing to you about Taekwondo. They will also sing to you about Friends Forever, Friends for Eternity, Loyalty, Honesty, and Playing to Win. Oh, yeah. And the Path of the Dragon. And... I, I'm I'm not saying it's definitely, but I'm saying it's at least possible 
that John Oates was in Dragon Sound also. Yeah, going back to the Oates hotline. Yep. Which was, is, if you'd like to check it out, <laughs> our corporate number, 71926Oates. 71926Oates. So if you have to reach us... Definitely call that number. So, so yes, if for if you reference. if you need a number for your for your job reference, what's that number again? Seven one nine two six oats. That's seven one nine two six O A T E S. I can't guarantee you will get the job, but watch out, boys. She'll chew you up. <laughs> <laughs> but Oats is in this movie. Oats very clearly is in this movie. <laughs> so. Dragon Sound manages to run afoul of the brother of its lead singer, Jane, who also happens to be a local gang leader, drug dealer, and somehow ahead of a group of ninjas, or (laughs) affiliated with a group of ninjas. In not Miami, even though it's called Miami Connection, the movie takes place in Orlando. It's about two minutes in Miami. Yeah. The first two minutes are in Miami. Well, then it literally is a Miami connection if it well, is somehow yeah, connected to it. It's connected to Miami in that it's in the same state as You're Miami. You're already smarter than that movie. Just that sentence alone is more thought <laughs> than why can't put in that movie, period. So, Dragon Sound also manages to piss off another band who continually attempts to beat up Dragon Sound with disastrous consequences. And these are samurai this time, right? No, they, they, these are just normal freaking bad band guys. And so eventually the, the band and and the gang join up and there's still no match for Dragon Sound. I mean, you have two of the catchiest pop songs you're ever going to hear. You have Extended fight scenes. You have the training montage. Oh, yeah. You have race crying. You do. You have feet on noses. And you have... Forced grape eating. You have a a tiny South Korean man feeding his friends grapes forcibly. That's my usual Thursday night. You have great one-liners. And the thing about Miami Connection is you almost never got to see it. It was... Almost lost. The negatives were apparently destroyed in a hurricane. It was there were just like random poor copies floating around. And then about a decade ago, the the programmer for Al, uh, programmer for Almo Drafthouse bought a a print of the movie on eBay, unseen for fifty dollars. Oh <laughs> and they started showing it, and people fucking loved it because Miami Connection. Have you seen that mini? I'm sorry, I totally interrupt. Have you seen that mini documentary by Sid on YK Kim? No. It is fascinating. They did like a whole series on bad directors. Uh-huh. And like like I think John Rad was in that and um Tommy Wiseau was definitely in it. No, the guy who did Bert Demick was in it. Um, oh. um James Nagoya. I was like a James doctorate Wynn. student. Yeah. <laughs> and, and but they did a whole episode on YK Kim and on Miami Connection. It's like twenty six minutes long. It's on YouTube. You can find it, you know, now. And it's absolutely fascinating. YK Kim is either a, 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 a cold-hearted capitalist or one of the most naive men who's ever lived. Because he's massively successful, but this movie nearly, he put in like a million dollars yeah. in this budget. Yeah, he put a million dollars into this movie that nobody saw Yeah, for 20-something years. <laughs> Which was destroyed in a hurricane. Yeah. And 
And just to wrap up the YK Kim story, he's now some kind of inspirational speaker. It's really fucking weird. It is really fucking very weird. weird. That's goals, though. <laughs> <laughs> so my my first pick is Miami Connection. We go back to you, Pat. I'm following that up with another one of. I before I do that, I want to preface that that I love the room. I love the room with all my heart, but I think it's a really overrated bad movie. Because there are movies like Miami Connection and there are movies like my fourth pick, Fateful Findings. <laughs> now, before I go into Fateful Findings, I need to backtrack. <laughs> You've seen it. We've started it. And Which one was it that? Off because it was really bad. Neil Breen. Oh. The guy with no hair, no eyebrows, who was like, I don't need books. Why do I have these goddamn pills? I don't need these pills. I guess we have to finish it now. Oh my god. It, it, Neil Breen is what Tommy Wiseau could have been if you thought he was still a star. He was an architect. He was a real estate salesman. And eventually he like hit his head or something and thought he became the next David Lynch. Or Stanley Kubrick. Whatever. <laughs> so he made a couple movies which were really fucking bad. And I cannot recommend them enough. His first movie was um, Double Down. Uh, which is an incredible spy thriller. His second movie was I Am Here Now, which he comes back as Robot Gorilla Jesus and just kills people. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we need to know about this movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. Michelle's Robot Gorilla Jesus. Robot Gorilla Jesus. I'm not. Yo, and I, this is about Fable Fine, but it's like Umbrella of Neil Breen. He wears this shitty gorilla mask he picked up at like a party city or something, super glued some like, like robot Halloween stuff, and just wears it and just stares at people. And then he has a sex scene with it on. Dad, look, 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 look. We'll put it on the Facebook page if you want to see what it is. Oh, he has wow. a sex scene with that Jesus. thing on. That is, that's a thing. <laughs> Excuse me. That's amazing. But after I am here now, he made his, his, third movie, which is his magnum opus called uh, Fateful Findings, which to this day, and I've seen it about four or five times, um, I have no idea what it's about. I have no idea what is the fuck is going on. It's like, it's some kind of slice of life dramatic thing where he, he's bounded by fate to oh, a, a girl he fell in love with when he was a child, when they had hid stones together and picked mushrooms and then <laughs> she went to the airport one day and that was the end of that relationship and then he, it, 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 it fast forwards to Neil Breen who is really stunningly unattractive um, getting hit in the face with a Rolls Royce after he drops <laughs> his um, after he that's drops, one of my favorite car accident <laughs> scenes ever <laughs> that and Brad Pitt and meet Joe Black <laughs> <laughs> it's just so abrupt. It's like Neil Breen just looks at the camera, boom. <laughs> just face first as Rolls Royce with boom, and then some lady gets out. You never know, and that's how I would describe this movie: is a plot starts and then just drifts into nothing. <laughs> the entire movie for an hour and a half. There's no plot line. There's plot lines just just begin and then end. There's one of my favorite lines is. Spoiler alert, his best friend gets shot and killed, and he runs over to the garage, and he picks up his friend and goes, I can't believe you killed yourself. I can't believe you killed yourself. 
Why would you kill yourself? Why would you kill yourself? I can't believe it. I can't. And I can only imagine when I watch that now in 2019, that's what the prison guard said to Jeff Epstein. No one saw this coming at all. But, and it is so much better than The Room. It's not Tommy Wiseau. It's someone who is much better than Tommy Wiseau. Because he really believes his own hype. And it's not Tommy Wiseau who found a way to sell it. He truly believes that he is the next Stanley Kubrick. Um, I wish I could go more into this shitty movie, but we're, we're pressed for time already. And there is not enough fucking... Save for the next episode. I, I can't describe this plot. I cannot do it. I'm sorry. But Fateful Findings, number four. So the second movie on my list, I will introduce with a question. So have you ever sat on the couch... And devoured an entire container of Cool Whip. Yes, actually. And, and then, and then it's supposed to be hypothetical. Well, it's yes, I, I think many of us have done that. Not, but then, I've never done that. I've never eaten an entire canister of Cool Whip. And first Family Guy reference of the night. Boom! I haven't watched that show. But then, after you ate that whole container of Cool Whip, did you sit there and wonder? What would happen if this Cool Whip turned me into a drug-addicted, zombie-like creature that always craves its next fix of that tasty white goodness? See, I just went and, I think, puked a little bit. (laughs) So you haven't, huh? I I, I mean... I'm pretty sure I blacked out. I don't think humans are meant to eat that much Cool Whip, and I think I was, like, 14 at the time, so I was... Now, are we still talking about hypothetical question or Harvey Weinstein's intern? <laughs> Boom! <laughs> so uh, the answer is no. It's like half yes. Half yes, okay. Well, to get the other half, you may want to watch 1985's Larry Cohen masterpiece. Yes. The Stuff. This movie is... <laughs> it, it's incredible. It, it really is. So The Stuff is... A substance that's found oozing out of the earth that someone has the bright idea to eat. And it turns out it tastes incredible. Like Cool Whip? Better. It's Ooh. better than... It's be, It's marketed as the best thing you'll ever eat. And it becomes a sensation. To the point where it's putting junk food companies in jeopardy. And these... So the, the junk food consortium hires a corporate saboteur named David Moe Rutherford to find the secret of the stuff's success. And it, what he discovers is a fucking mess. Oh, truly. So the stuff is written and directed by B-movie legend Larry Cohen. Who is just like one of the greatest directors of all time. And there, is he? There is, he has not made a movie that I didn't like. He's a genre director. Yeah, oh yeah, but he he can go into other genres. Exactly. He made black exploitation movies. Yeah, didn't he start with those? Yeah, he made giant monster movies. Q. Yep. He made horror movies. He made the stuff. He made just great B movies, and not garbage B movies, but stuff that's really good. And he, he I, you could do a whole list of your top five on, of Larry Cohen. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. This, whole, this whole top five could be Larry Cohen. 
Um, but it's not. But the stuff has to be on here. It's so well written. It's so well acted. It's made for only $1.7 million. He made the, no way. He made this movie on a one point seven million dollar budget with name actors in it. Paul Sorvino's in this. There's a bunch of other people in this. On, on another Family Guy reference, which thank you for bringing that up. Welcome. Do you remember that episode of Family Guy and Brian ha- Meg falls in love with Brian and Brian has that that guy from the school of the deaf mm-hmm. shouting. That guy's in it and has one of the best body horror <laughs> moments. When he transforms into that monster, true body horror. But he is a main part of that cast. I don't know his name. I forget his name. Yeah, I can't. Off the top of my head, I can't remember. But it's... And and one other note. There's a character in this called Chocolate Chip Charlie. (laughs) He's he's a a famous Amos company (laughs) knockoff founder guy. Do you know who was almost cast to play... Chocolate Chip Charlie. Uh-uh. Arsenio Hall. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Get Arsenio the fuck Hall. out of here. Ars- <laughs> yeah, Arsenio Hall. Was this pre or post coming to America? It would be right about the same time. Probably a year or two before. Holy shit. Yeah. Chocolate Chip Charlie. That's the guy. That's the guy from Family Guy. Garrett Morris. Oh, yeah. Garrett Morris? He's from Saturday Night Live. Thank you, God. <laughs> Jesus? God has spoken. Are you an angel? Are you an angel? <laughs> so, yeah, my second pick is The Stuff. I didn't know that, to be honest. I had no idea Garrett Morris was a guy. Um, <coughs> brilliant fucking movie. I mean, really, Larry Cohen's best. Easy. Um... But on the subject of just totally disgusting fucking movies that'll make you squirm out of your seat, my third pick has to go with the grossest, most entertaining, most disturbing, most batshit fucking crazy I've ever movie I've ever seen: The Greasy Strangler. Yes. What? Bullshit oh, artist. This movie will make you throw up. Bullshit artist. It will make you laugh. Bullshit until artist. you throw up. It, <coughs> I guess. You can kind of see a theme in my movies is just absurdity and bullshit artist. It really, it really is absurd at its peak. There is very little storyline. Um, what it is is it's, it's about, oh god. It's, 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 I need, I need to show you this movie. <laughs> that I'm just picturing the things from this movie uh, in my head, dude. It, it's Oof. like so. What it is, it's it's it starts off with this unnecessary conversation about who's the greasy strangler, and then it's completely forgotten about. And it, it's about this guy and his son who are both just horrifically disgusting human beings in the movie who 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 lead disco tours around whatever bumblefuck urban midwestern city they're in and lead these fake ass disco tours like do you remember the Bee Gees this convenience store is when they came out and decided to write disco inferno which isn't the Bee Gees but it's like that kind of shit and then there's like an argument about refreshments and chips. We require free drinks. Free drink. 
and there's this girl there who is she's the same girl from Eastbound and Down. She falls in love with um, the the the. Kenny Danny Powers. McBride. Not Danny McBride. Kenny, Kenny Powers. Powers little, uh, the Danny McBride. Oh. His, his little Stevie. He's, he's, she's the Mexican girlfriend. Which isn't important. She's fucking fantastic in this movie. Because she just completely... She's a heavy girl. And she completely just embraces this role. She wears this giant fucking merkin. There's an intense amount of nudity in this. An intense <laughs> amount of penises. An <laughs> a very different size. Yes, extreme size. I need to wrap this up because but it, it's on that same subject of body horror there is a lot of that absurdly you know eyes popping out lots of grease lots of murder lots of cum lots of fucking cocks and and just just total disgusting and so was this a Harvey Weinstein movie <laughs> it could very well be it is a Harvey Weinstein wet dream for sure and the reason why John was saying bullshit artist over and over and over again is they don't say bullshit in that movie when they call someone out. They just go bullshit artist. So, hey, I call bullshit artist. And I'm doing it no justice, as I'm doing with all my reviews. But, dude, don't watch this movie. <laughs> don't watch it. But watch it. I mean, watch it, watch it, watch it. Top. Just don't watch it alone. You don't. you will have so much more fun watching yeah. it with somebody else. It's it's laugh out loud. It's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, if not the funniest movie I've ever seen, because of its gross absurdity. Greasy Strangler, number three. Rudy Tootie Disco Cutie. Rudy Tootie Disco Cutie. Rudy Tootie Disco Cutie. Rudy. Just the faces you're making right now. I wish we had a camera. I wish I could show this to people. But the face is just like, what the fuck? It's the face. That face will be glued onto you at the end of the movie. It will be, what the fuck? So whenever we branch out into doing videos, if whatever that happens, just have you two rambling about nothing, and it's just a close-up of me for an hour just looking disgusted and confused. Fuck. Like like the original take of Led Zeppelin's Days and Fish is just oh <laughs> oh that doesn't sound enjoyable at all. What a reference. <laughs> Been disgusted and confused for so long. It's not true. So, sorry. My number three is Autopsy of Jane Doe. That one I haven't seen yet. Oh man. I, it's perfect for this one. Like, it, it can definitely fit into one of the categories for our, for our, cha- our horror <laughs> challenge. So, it's got the creepy atmosphere. It's so well acted. It's so well written. And the creepiest possible use of the song, Open Up Your Heart and Let the Sun Shine In. It was like a... Oh, yeah. Like... It, it, Every time you hear that song in the movie, it's fucking creepy. Who did... Someone's in that. Kenneth... Kenneth. Brian Cox. Oh, wow. And Emile Hirsch. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they're just incredible in it. And it's also directed by Andre Overdahl, who, before this, made a movie that could definitely be on this list and will be on a future list for sure. Troll Hunter. What? Oh. Yeah, it's the Troll Hunter guy. You've seen Troll Hunter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yo, yo. What? 
Yeah, it's the <laughs> Troll Hunter guys. I think it's the movie right he made right after Troll Hunter. No shit. I think it's it's if it's not directly after, it's within two movies of Troll Hunter. Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch are a father son team of coroners. Emil Hirsch is, you know, the, the reluctant son who doesn't necessarily want to be doing this job, but his dad needs the help, so he's doing it. And they're charged with the task of performing an aut- autopsy on the body of a young woman. And they can't really find the immediate cause of death. It, they're, they, they're going through this whole autopsy, and it gets in- increasingly weird. Like, for example, they find that her lungs are burned from the inside. Like, all this stuff that doesn't quite make sense. Like, how could she have fucking died this way? You don't fucking die this way. I mean, if you, like, eat fire, then technically could burn from the inside. Technically. I guess, technically. But, but, like, each twist, just more tension and more tension. It's not one of those movies that doesn't pay it off. Like, one movie, for example, Blair Witch Project. Tension, 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 Mm -hmm. tension. And in the Credits. end, it's just some guy fucking standing in a fucking corner. There's no payoff. Auti- Autopsy of Jane Doe pays it off. It build it builds you into this this point where where you anything would scare you, but they don't go with anything. They go with the scariest shit they can come up with. It's a legitimately creepy, scary movie, and I cannot recommend it enough. It when I. When I originally was going to talk about this, it was on Netflix. I think it, think it still may be, but it's easy enough to find now. It's it's caught on a little bit more, and hopefully it, it gets that hopeful audience and becomes a cult classic like it should. I, like This is, of the list of movies here, this is probably the best made movie that I'm going to talk about. Mm. And, yeah, just Autopsy of Jane Doe. It's been on my list for a long time of my must-sees. Um, which now I'm, I'm definitely going to... It's not on my challenge, but I might make an exception and put it on there. Um, which I'm also going to go a little serious on my second one. I mean, as serious as I can get with my second one, which is a... Uh, you're doing a great job, by the way. Oh, thank you. You're very much welcome. Welcome aboard, Captain. Well... I can't contribute to movies as much, but I will bring out some wonderful video games in the time to come. Um, okay, so my number two movie is the horrifically dubbed, beautifully shot, uh, Shogun Assassin. Um, originally it was released as a manga in Japan, and as most of you listeners know, and as everyone at this table knows, I'm an enormous anime fan. Um... So it makes Fucking nerd. <laughs> nerd alert! Um, it makes sense that this obviously came from Japan. So it was released as a manga in, in the uh, early 70s, and it's about a, uh, a father's son. And the father was originally the shogun's uh, executioner. He cut off the heads of 171 lords, which you're introduced to in the very beginning of the movie. Um, who had his wife murdered and because the Shogun went insane and became threatened by him that he was going to uh, betray him. So, and he was originally called Lone Wolf and Cub. should probably mention that too. Um, which you should go see. You should watch all five Lone Wolf and Cub's movies. 
they're only in subs. It's beautifully done. If Shogun, I, I love Shogun Assassin, but Lone Wolf and Cub, it's definitely the better cinematic adventure. Uh, uh, However, Shogun Assassin is incredibly fun because you're mixed with this horribly cheesy dialogue, mixed with this incredible ultraviolence. <laughs> it's just some of the goriest sword fighting I've ever seen in my life, which have only been matched by Takashi's Miike anything. And it's beautifully done sword fighting. It, it really is just choreog choreography very well. The story is pretty solid, as much as you can for splicing two movies together. Um, there's a lot of child nudity, there's a lot of man nudity, um, but the child ends up killing people with his own little fucking blades <laughs> in his little baby cart, which is like an all-purpose utility vehicle of death. It's just full of booby traps, full of knives and weapons and everything. And it's just non-stop for 90 minutes, it's just a non-stop body count of this guy who's played by, um, He's very prolific in the samurai scene. The main guy, the, the guy from New Jersey. It's not Tom Cruise, who was Tom the last Cruise. samurai. <laughs> it's not Ken Watanabe. It's not Ken Watanabe. It's <laughs> Toshiro Maifun. It's not Toshiro Maifun, it's the other guy. I think his last name is Oishi. Shogun Assassin is a really fun movie in the same vein that uh, The Burning is. It's, it's as fun. good as it can be. It's very fun. It, it, if you like gore, if you like sword fighting, if you like anime, you're really going to love this movie. I... If, if you just want to experience what a samurai film is like, what it could be, Shogun Assassin is the perfect uh, uh, gateway to that. It's like the marijuana of a samurai movie. It's a gateway drug. <laughs> and Lone Wolf and Cub is like the heroin of samurai <laughs> movies. What's the meth? Yojimbo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or Seven Samurai. Um, I want the math. Seven Samurai, three hours of just non-stop talking. I definitely um, need to drop some pounds and some tea, so give me the math. Dude, I want straight to the special K of Samurai movies. Just put me into a fucking black hole. Oh, this. that might be 13 Assassins. Which is also Do great, it. you know, highlight. There's an hour battle scene in 13 Assassins of just 13 Samurai going up against 100 different other Samurai. <laughs> that sounds really it's cool. It's awesome. It's Tikashi you know, it's over the top. Anyway, Shogun Assassin, great, great gateway drug. Great kills, great sword work, okay story. Number two, Shogun Assassin. On to you, John. So for my next movie, I'm going to stay foreign, but I'm going to go someplace a little unexpected. I'm going to go to... Canada. Turkey. Oh. Yeah. Same thing. For <laughs> one of the head trippiest hell rides you can go on, and that's... The Baskin. Oh! I heard of that. Yeah, the Baskin is fucked up. It's it's not nothing. Nothing in this movie is quite what it seems. It opens with a, a special police unit unwinding in a local eatery, and they're you you immediately don't really like them because they're kind of dirtbags. They're mocking the owner. They're mocking the. The owner's kid. They almost get in a fight with them. They're, they're like, and there's one guy who's kind of okay, but the rest of them are just kind of, you know, dicks. And be, but before long, they're called a, a mysterious event at like this strange building, and things go south so fucking quickly. There's fucking frogs all over the place. There's all kinds of fucking whacked out weird devil sex shit there's it's 
it gets so weird. I mean, so frogs weird. and devil sex, you have my attention. <laughs> and it's in Turkey. As I, as, I, as I should. I mean, frogs, Sick devil killer. sex, and turkey. Like, I don't... My Wednesday nights. Sounds like a killer Thanksgiving. My, my limited knowledge of the country of Turkey, I, I question how this movie could get made there. Because it, it doesn't... Really? Uh, it's it, that intense? It's that intense, but it's also like that sexual and that... Yeah, that real... Out there, uh, that kind of stuff that... Haram? that, that, that the, is that the term haram? That's the bad stuff, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah but it's it's like that... That kind of thing that you wouldn't expect from it being made in a country like Turkey with like, you know, the, the religious aspects of the country... But it's also got its own religious aspects. It's all, it's it's just really a head trip into, and a descent just into lunacy, madness, and just if if you're if you like R and you haven't seen the Baskin, you gotta fucking see it. It's gonna leave you a little shaken. You're gonna be like not stirred. Not stirred. Thank you. You're, 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 you'll watch it, and it's going to stay with you for a little bit because you're, you have to think about it, and you almost have to watch it a couple of times. Huh. But definitely the Baskin. When I think of Turkish cinema, I think of Turkish Star Wars, <laughs> which is intensely bad. And um, there's another one, like Death Warrior. And then they had, like, Turkish Spider-Man, Turkish Superman. It's like shitty Bollywood movies, yeah, which it, in itself... It's yeah, it's, it's mostly what you generally associate with it, with Turkey is knockoffs of Hollywood movies mm-hmm. and not good ones. Yeah, so hearing that this, this a film like this came from a film culture like Turkey's is very shocking in itself, which I guess really... Brings what the Baskin is. Yeah, uh, there there are just so many moments that you're gonna be, holy fuck. Yeah. So the Baskin, which brings your number one. My number one in the same vein as Head Trip is my all time favorite. One of my top five movies. Period. Is by master filmmaker Alejandro Jodorowsky's. The Holy Mountain. You've both watched David Lynch movies, right? I have. Not yet. Well, you've seen Twin Peaks. You've seen yeah. season three. Which is, you know, as... Jodorowsky is David Lynch on LSD. David Lynch is David Lynch on the LSD. <laughs> yeah, think about that. You know what I... And it's true. And he is an intensely spiritual, intensely surrealist, intensely philosophical director who is obsessed with acid and he made a movie before this called El Topo which is another highly recommended movie um, which is also incredibly surrealist it was the king of the underground midnight movies for a very long time and John Lennon of all the people who I fucking hate and I do unapologetically I fuck that man um, he had seen El Topo and all the Beatles have loved it and you know Frank Zappa and Marilyn Manson credits it a lot you know, a lot of people love this movie, but John Lennon loves uh, El Topo. So he gave Jodorowsky a million dollars to create this absolute surrealist epic called The Holy Mountain. Which is totally just... You have to watch it five times to get even the simplest meaning from it. 
It, it, it is, because when he started filming the movie, he gave his actors all LSD. And he refused to do any sort of production if everyone wasn't tripping. And you have the depiction of Christ. You have the depiction of... the. The personification of every planet. You have a room full of 9,999 testicles. One of which was Jason Alexander's missing one. From the burning. <laughs> half of that is true. <laughs> you have to you have watch a quarter of a testicle. Which <laughs> um, but, and it's full of... And as, as this project grows and grows, you'll realize I'm incredibly interested in the occult. And so is Jodorowsky. So this movie is laced from top to bottom with the cult meaning and mysticism and secret school shit and and just it's a masterpiece. It's a philosophical masterpiece and it's a surrealist masterpiece. And it's beautiful. I mean it's filmed by a guy on LSD for Christ's sake. Can you imagine the colors? I mean and um, the one thing I'll leave off on and the one thing that summarizes this film to me is Jodorowsky plays a, a man called the Alchemist, and he looks at the character, the main character, who is Jesus personified, air quotes maybe, you never really know. He looks him dead in the eye and goes, do you want to make gold? And the next scene, Jesus takes a shit in a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and he puts it over some fire, and the Alchemist does whatever he does. And throughout the scene, there's a peacock running around, there's a naked chick with tattoos, all full of mystic school shit. Um, and, you know, there's like all these fucking animals, there's hippos and shit just running around. And slowly and surely, with that kind of stop motion effect, the shit turns into gold. And he goes, do you want to know more? And that's how the story really progresses. And the funny thing is, that actually was his shit. Because this man was, like, he was he was an auteur. He is an auteur. He's still alive. He's, like, 96 years old. And you know how auteurs think. I mean, look at Stanley Kubrick. You know, the table in, in Dr. Strangelove had to be green, even though it was shooting black and white. Look at Roman Polanski. He ripped that that hair out of Mia Farrow's head and raped a whole bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The, the rape in this episode is... It's a lot. There's a lot of rape. There's a lot, which is weird for our third ever episode. <laughs> Look, we do not they, condone the rape. If you can't handle us now, then, well, you're wrong. But it's only going to go downhill from here. <laughs> so, gold time. shitting Jesus is your last pick. Yeah, gold shitting Jesus is easily my last pick. Zoom back cameras. Drop the mic. I'm out. So, well, thank you. That brings me to my last pick. And I wish it, it was some, like, deeply meaningful thing after that. <laughs> and maybe you can dig deep and find some meaning in this. Um, but I'll, I'll start with a word of advice. If someone ever tells you to stay off of the sauce, do it. Avoid the sauce. Especially if the sauce is soy sauce. And especially if the soy sauce will make you trip fucking balls. So, my last movie is John Dies at the End. This is a great fucking movie. Oh, John Dies at the End is chaos. So, it's based on a book by David Wong, who's, which is not really his name, but that's what he wrote them under. It's now a trilogy. So, there's John Dies at the End, there's This Book is Full of Spiders, and then there's What the Hell Did I Just Read? And they're all chaos 
funny. Like there, there is deep meaning in the books. It doesn't necessarily come across in in the movies, in the movie, but it's it's there in the book. And the thing you're struck by when you read John dies at the end of the book is that you can't film this. How could you? There's no way you could film the, the book that's Which written. Is actually, what I asked the director we saw the screening. Yeah. But that's tail for another day. Well, I'm going yeah, I'm going to get to 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 that part of it. So, uh, it, what happens in John dies at the end is soy sauce is causes users to experience the world in a whole different way. Like you can slow down time. You can see the future. You can go into the past and change things. And that's going so important to this movie that you can do that. Um so Dave inadvertently injects himself with soy sauce, and in- just like the, we do every every yeah, day, just yeah. accidentally thought you had insulin. No, it's soy sauce. Well, he, <laughs> he, it's it's one of those those like I'll reach into something and accidentally stick yourself with a hypodermic needle, and, and so he he's off on this this quest to find his friend John, who may or may not be dead. Um. And to stop a group of interdimensional time travelers from destroying the world. And what he ends up in is a fight with house fires, cosmic gnats, um, a white rap kid. Meat man. A meat monster. And a flying mustache. That's a dream team. The flying mustache, yeah. When he's in, when he's arrested in the beginning of the movie with um, Mister X from the from the X Files, Stephen Williams. Yo, I can't remember. Yeah, we've seen it's, this in theaters. We've seen it like yeah. four times. I, think. Oh, I remember Clancy Brown. Yep, Clancy Brown is in it. Angus Scrim is in it. And what's his name? Paul Giamatti's in it. And then it like Chase Williamson and the guy who plays Dave, whose name is completely out of my head right now it's directed by Don Coscarelli who most of you know for the Phantasm movies which would have been on this list probably like five years ago but Phantasm has really found its audience at this I mean like Phantasm is like one of the biggest cult horror movies at this point but it's it's a hundred minutes of chaos it's you know it's the meat monster right from the start Mm mm-hmm which is one of the best villains of all time. A fight with a meat monster who takes a phone call from Marconi and that's the end of the meat monster. And I can't I can't recommend John Dies at the End highly enough. It's so much fun. It's so crazy. It's so it's silly but it's beautiful. It's fun. It's it, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's scary. It's 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 a great movie. Mm-hmm. Clancy Brown, do you, he he's in Loads of shit. He probably what he's best known for now is Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob. <laughs> I know who that is. Seriously, he, he, Clancy Brown is one of those guys whose name you may not know, but as soon yeah. as you see him, you'll you say, "Oh, I know Clancy Brown." Including Shawshank Redemption, the greatest movie of all time. No, it's the greatest movie of all time. Believe me, I've seen plenty of movies. I know movies. No one knows movies more than me. <laughs> I'm great movies. People tell me. I know the best movies. I don't say it. People tell me those. They just come up to me and they say, Donald, you know you know the best movies. I can't do this. 
We met Don Coscarelli. We did meet Don Coscarelli at a screening at Alamo and Yonkers, and I can't... Oh, he was in Captain Underpants. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> what you recognize him from. <laughs> Look, I don't watch as many movies as you guys. <laughs> Not many people do. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, he, but when we met Don Coscarelli, he talked to us for a good 20 minutes that he didn't really have to talk to us for. Well, we had a beer together. Yeah. And he just, he just chilled and talked to us. Like, mm-hmm. like us clowns actually mattered. It, it was, he's probably one of the coolest famous people I've met. He was in Mass Effect. That's pretty cool. I remember that. <laughs> That's my takeaway from this. <laughs> Is Captain Underpants in Mass Effect and Mr. Krabs. I like him. I'm sure he's a good guy. Clancy Brown is awesome. Clancy Brown Clancy. is awesome. Um, Don Coscarelli was a really cool guy. And I fucking... I made an ass of myself because I looked at him and I go, Did you ever read this book? And you just said, How the fuck am I going to film this? <laughs> and he looked at me like I pained him. And I felt so bad. And Allison looked over at me like, What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> But he answered it. Like yeah, he, he did. He gave an honest answer, and like he was just cool. Yeah, really cool guy. Really cool guy. Um, him and and we talked about him earlier with Miami Connection, the program director. Who yeah. I can't think of his name. Of. I don't. Who hung know. out with us even mm-hmm. longer. Yeah. Um, and he told us about uh, Dangerous Men. Yes. Without telling us about it, which is another one of those great, so bad it's, it's good. <laughs> Dangerous Men will end up. And an episode yeah, at some point. Yeah. Um, no, that's one of those moments I hold in my heart because both those guys were so fucking cool. And yeah, Don Coscarelli is great. Please just go support him. Absolutely. His, <laughs> his memoir is fun. The Phantasm movies. John dies at the end. There's just so Bubba many. Hotep. Bubba Hotep, which will end up on a future mm-hmm. episode as well. I mean, it, 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 we could do a whole list of Don Coscarelli movies. But guys, this was really good. Yeah, this this was fun. I hope you guys have as much fun listening yes. to this as we have t- recording it. Um, Listen, like, subscribe to what you can. Donate to our Patreon. We... We do have one, I think, technically. I think we technically do, but, but don't don't send us money. Let us earn your money. Yeah, please. Let, yes. let us, That's yes, true. Let yes, us exactly. do this regularly enough that, that <laughs> like, we need to, we we can't be asking you for anything yet. Yeah. Just just listen. Just like, a, like our Facebook page. Listen, play the movie challenge. It's up there. I think mm-hmm. we have, I think it's the coolest list we've ever put together. Have fun. Let us know what we did right. Let us know what we did wrong. Most importantly, let us know mm-hmm. what we did wrong. Let if you have any requests, like... Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so we are going to be branching off into different media. Yep. We are going to be just movies, so video games and other stuff in the near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's anything you think our personalities would be a match for, let us know. But, spoiler, since you guys went into your movies, the first video game we're going to be talking about is called Mort the Chicken from the PlayStation 1 era. Ooh. It's about a chicken. All right, I'll think of a couple of terrible... Okay, so Mort the Chicken is just, like, my fucking go-to shitty game. <laughs> it's like, it was actually an objectively fun platformer, but it got lost in the PS1 shuffle of just great games. Yeah. Um, and you just, you just play as a chicken. Like, I really wish I could give you more detail about it, but you just play... You play as a chicken before playing as chickens was cool. I've Which, never even heard of this game. 
And and I say playing so chicken you before could, it's like, walk cool. With the chicken head for a while. <laughs> Badooch. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like all these, you have like goat simulator and bear simulator, all these stupid simulator games. Oh yeah, and the new one, uh, Untitled Ghost Game. Goose. Goose game. Ghost game. Um, and there's <laughs> Bee Simulator. There's Simulator Simulator. There's like all this shit. Before all of that, you had Mort the Chicken. Huh. So we're going to play that. Uh, we're going to play Jersey Devil. So reason I'm thinking about Jersey Devil again. This is how I'm going to start saying When I was in your bathroom before. And you had so some. Leash one? <laughs> you had some reading. Uh, oh, the cryptology. John. The cryptozoology book. Cryptozoology. Oh, the cryptozoology yeah. <laughs> it's so, all connected. It's there all we connected. go. So we're gonna play Jersey Devil, which is uh someone turned Jersey Devil into a superhero. Alex is gonna get his own channel on he's gonna get his own show. And seriously, we're happy to have you on this. Absolutely. I mean, you, you well then you guys are gonna Okay, so you guys are gonna show me shitty movies. Or good. You're going to show me unique movies is how we're going to frame that. We're gonna, we, I think my goal in this is to give you movies that you wouldn't have seen on your own. Yeah, absolutely. That's 95% of the stuff you and, show and, me. And, and, and not just you, but the average person who's going to listen to us is going to get stuff that you wouldn't have found on your own. Yeah, and, and there's so much different perspective. You know, on, on just all three sides of this table. It's a circular table, but there's all three sides. Um, but seriously, bro, happy to have you aboard. Look out for him. Um, uh, and the history's coming back. We're going to mm. keep doing it. it. Is, it's it, it, we're still working on defining how often, but we're going to do this kind of this kind of episode more often too. We'll eventually probably give it a different name. Mm-hmm. But you're still going to be able to find us. We're going to have some rotating hosts in here. I think. I think we have some people who want to contribute as well. We're going to start trying to build something that. We think everybody will enjoy. So keep an eye out on Cardinal Sins. It, it's growing. You've stayed this long. I'm so happy. I love you. I will give you a high five the next time I see you. And um, a great recommendation. And a great recommendation to your next job interview. Courtesy uh, of the Hall and Oates line. Um, thank you so much. Please, 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 please tell all your friends about this place. Tell people you don't even know. Tell your customer right at the window if you're going to Check out fucking Sinistry. Check out Cardinal Sins. They're great. They're funny. Go to the nursing home and tell all the old dying people who just want to have a friend in the room. Like, hey. Listen to a podcast. Look, everyone else you know is gone, but here you go. Here, the... Xander, <laughs> Pat, and John. Xander. The... These fellas are nice boys. You can listen to them on your way out. <laughs> And that's the podcast. That's what it's going to be like. <laughs> yeah. Two and a half hours each time. <laughs> hours and hours of us talking about Jason Alexander's balls and some movies that we think you'd like. Some and maybe some movies. other awkward celebrity testicles. Um, Ho- hopefully fewer. Uh, hopefully um, only if we still like them. I'm not going to do an episode about Bill Cosby's ball sack. Cause, um, you got to do got ball sack. You got to die into the tree. Gonna show you the pudding pop. I got the hot dog in the face and I got it in my mouth. Got it, I put a mustard right in the So, so just like Seinfeld cast balls, because I think at this point that's all we can really say are good people. I, I, I'm gonna warn you now. If you find something that Newman's balls are in, I am not gonna watch it. <laughs> I might.
Alright guys. <laughs> uh, on that on that note, we appreciate you guys so much. If you've Thank listened you so to, to us all this time, we appreciate it. If you're just finding us now, we appreciate that you listened. We will be your job reference. Um Find us on Facebook at Sinistry. Uh, podcast is on Spotify. It's on Spotify, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, iTunes. iTunes. Five stars on iTunes, please, please, please. Anywhere you, we're working on being anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, but those are the prominent. Ones. We'll mail you a CD if you request. Yes. It will not be a CD of the podcast. It'll be a random CD, but we will send you a CD. I never, see, I never said we would send you a CD of the podcast. Yeah. We'll send you... We'll go to the dollar bin at the Walmart. We'll just pick one out. We'll send it to you. Yeah. Justin Timberlake's greatest... No, who's the failure Backstreet Boy? Nick Cannon's greatest... <laughs> oh, he was relevant once. <laughs> Remember 1995? Drew <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for playing my game. Thank you. Bye.